With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. And this, this is what we've been waiting for. I understand that the NFL season is still going on. But guess what? Championships are over. And you're either a champion or you're not. Like me, I am not a champion this year. But, uh, you know, I did get a second place and a third place finish. So I'll take that. But listen, this is what we do best. The four of us, we talk about rookies. We break them down. We help you get ready for your rookie drafts that are going to start right after the NFL draft and go all the way up through August. You know, some leagues do it late. So uh, joining me, like always, we got Porkman, we got Nate, and we got Chev, all of us smiling and looking gorgeous. If you are listening to us on audio, please make sure you also hit that subscribe button. Give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps people find us which means the more people that find us, the more sponsors we get, the more we make, the more we can help you and your friends dominate your leagues. And if you not have, if you have not checked out our YouTube channel, please make sure you do that. Then go get a Bob Van Duzer on Twitter and stroke his massive ego about how great our YouTube channel cool. is. So let's get into it. This is what we, mm, like I said, this is what we're talking about right here. So prospect number one of the season that we're going to start off with, and that is Chris Olave. He is a wide receiver from the universe, the Ohio State University. Oh, I'm going to throw up. Just Thanks, that. Mike. Yeah, say that again. The I like Ohio State University, not the national championship uh, team. They will not be playing for the championship this year. That makes me happy. Fucking threat secure. I hate that thing. Sorry. Um, he's six foot one, 188 pounds. He's a 21-year-old prospect coming out was a three-star recruit coming in in this past season, 65 catches for 936 yards, 13 touchdowns, and he averaged 14.4 yards per reception. And he is projected in the first round. Sean, is that right? Not if that's correct. He's a projected first-round pick. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Um, I don't think that we're going to be doing it as such, but uh, all right, let me get back to my show sheet here. So let's see. Who wants to talk first about Chris Olave? Should we just start with you or Nate? Okay, great. You can start with Nate. Yeah. Go ahead. He, he's excited to talk about Chris Olave. Happy New Year. Same to you. <laughs> For first podcast of 2022. I just want to make sure we acknowledge that. I did forget to mention that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, speaking of years, 
Um, I actually scouted Chris Olave last year mm-hmm. because he could have gone into the 2021 NFL draft. He decided that he went to go back, um, which I feel like most Ohio State wide receivers are trying to leave that wide receiver room. But Chris Olave was like, oh, let me go back and see what happens. And first, I thought that was a bad idea. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Olave in last year's draft cycle. Um, had him ranked kind of low if he did come out. So I was like, okay, well, if he comes out later, he's just going to get shown up by Garrett Wilson. Um, and while Garrett Wilson did have quite the uh, good season, Chris Olave still had a great season. And uh, looking back at his 2021 tape, he did improve from 2020. So I think in the long run, it was a great idea to go back to college in Ohio State because even without Justin Fields, Chris Olave looked really good. Um, he's getting that first-round draft capital uh, projected in mock drafts now. Um, if not first round, I think he's definitely going to go somewhere early in the second. Mm -hmm. Um, Seems like NFL media is really hyping up Olave. They really like his film. Um, I've heard that scouts don't put as much into production. They put a lot more into film and traits, which I think we've seen in the past with the NFL draft, and I think that's why Chris Olave is going to be drafted in that first round or early second round. And when he went back, I think he really improved – Like. Just overall, you know, he's not the greatest athlete, but he showed some good route running ability, some technical ability, and he really improved on that this year. I think he's a bit he's he's a pretty crafty guy. I think we like to use that kind of word. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's not going to dominate in contested catch situations, but he showed the ability to make some pretty incredible catches this year, catch outside of his frame, which I didn't really see too much of in 2020. So overall, I thought he improved a lot from 2020 to 2021, and that's kind of what I want to hit on here. Mm-hmm that the improvement was there. And when I see a player improve from one year to another, especially going into that final year, um, you know, it's a positive sign because you're hoping that they can continue that improvement into the NFL. You know, you don't, you don't like to see players stagnate before going into the NFL draft. So um, Chris Olave, he's, he's kind of a middle tier wide receiver for me. Um, He's, he's a top 10 guy for me, but I don't have him like in my top five or anything. So, uh, for me, if, if I'm in rookie drafts, I'm probably looking second round. But I think with landing spot and draft capital, he might end up in the first round of some rookie drafts. When you say top 10, top 10 wide receiver or top 10 prospect? Top 10 wide receiver. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Would he would he make your top 10 prospects or like not? Uh, no. Top 20 maybe? No, I have I have him ranked. Uh, I mean, you know the scouting system we use. I have, I have him labeled exactly at 6.0 as a good starter. Okay. I have him at uh, you know, 5.44 serviceable. <laughs> so, who would like to talk about Chris Olave next? And why is it Chevin Mooney? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was going to raise my hand anyway. So, good job, Mike. You tell the future. New year, new Mike. No, I, I really do like his awareness on the sidelines, though. I think he does have good hands along the sideline and he knows where the out of bounds line is as well. So that that actually really excites me because, I mean, watching his film, he wasn't just trying to get one foot down either. I felt like he was trying to get that second foot down, too. Uh, so that's a good thing to at least have on your resume moving forward. I think that's a good transition into the NFL. Uh, that's definitely what you want. I mean, a lot of the plays he makes, man, are just deep balls downfield wide open. So, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's got to be some aspect of speed and a little bit of route running that's allowing him to do so. Uh, my worry is I don't think he's as physical as I would really want him to be uh, at the catch point and then also with the ball in his hands. I mean, if he's able to use his speed uh, after the catch, I think he'll do great. 
But if he has to use his body to make way for him to get to the touchdown, it's not going to happen, which isn't a bad thing either. We don't, I don't need a guy to be an absolute thumper out there when he's a wide receiver. I need him to catch the football. As long as he has that awareness on the sidelines, I think I, I think I can do well with him. Um, I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to win underneath very often. And that's kind of my worry. I mean, we saw him win in the middle of the field in kind of mid routes and then also in deep routes. I kind of want to see him maybe do a little bit more underneath. I'm not sure that that aspect of his game is there. And that is a little bit worrisome just because you kind of get into that boom bust range if he's going to make those big plays down the field. So that's kind of my only one of my worries, just his physical, being physical, and then also can he get those catches early early on rather not just in screens but like quick slant routes is that going to be a, a key to his game or am i just seeing like a deep threat guy uh so that's that's kind of my only my only worries about him okay pork your thoughts yeah so <clears throat> we all know i'm a big ohio state guy and chris olave to me is just one of those guys to where i'm a little bit nervous about him just for a few couple things number one is frame six one one eighty eight um, just like Chef said, he's just not really physical at the attack. Um, but we all know in the NFL that we're in now, there's not a lot of press coverage, a lot of off coverage. So in this era of the NFL, he may be able to succeed um, with going deep um, and, you know, sitting in zones, sitting in zone schemes and catching the ball and uh, using his speed to get just to get a get a couple of just to get a couple yards after the catch. Um, but. For me, I'm kind of 50-50. I don't see – I really don't see the num- the first-round draft capital at this point. I see, like, maybe early second – early to mid-second at this point, especially comparing to the other prospect we're talking to. Um, I just see the just the lack of explosiveness when he has the ball in his hands, and that's what I really want to see. It's just like – he's, like, really, really finesse. Not comparing him to a Devonta Smith out of last year, but kind of in the same way. He kind of just – he he runs his routes where he's supposed to be, and it's like super precise to the point where you don't see like those pellets coming off the bottom of the field. He's just like cut, cut. He's open, and you know when we go downfield and you see he's wide open, it's partially because sometimes the defenses in college are playing terrible defense, and another part is that he just slicing, slicing and dicing these guys up in the middle of the field and manipulating these cornerbacks' hips to where they're turning the wrong way and he's going the opposite way. Um, and him going downfield and catching the ball with amazing hands, as um, Nate was saying earlier, I see that being like that's one of his best traits that he has. But when Chev was saying boom bust, that that, that kind of screams to me from week to week. So I don't see him as being a uh, a consistent fantasy player coming out now. When he when you base it on the scheme that he might be in, we might be able to I might be able to you know change my mind and bump him up from there, but. Um, for right now, I kind of see him as like a like a poor man's Keenan Allen at this point, just you know because he is pretty precise and Keenan Allen doesn't have too much yak yards, but you know he's catching the ball and he's getting the job done down the field and in immediate routes, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not that high on Chris Olave. There's going to be a bunch of wide receivers I would take over him. That being said. As an Eagles fan, if you told me that, hey, we're going to replace Jalen Rager with Chris Olave, I'd be fine with that. Um, What I see here, I think he's fast enough to get off the line. He does not have elite top-end speed. Chev, I know you said that there were times that 
Uh, he was wide open, but I think that kind of plays into what Pork was saying too, where, mm-hmm. you know, he, you're going to get open against Nebraska and Rutgers and sorry, Nate, Maryland, stuff like that. Um, you know, <laughs> I actually, what I did see a lot of, and I think this is really just Ohio state scheme. I did see a lot of short stuff, a lot of screens, and he was really good on that. That's why mm-hmm. uh, to me, my comp for him is actually Jamison Crowder. I think he could be a really good security blanket for a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, a young quarterback. The guy's going to come in there. He's going to run really good routes, and he's going to make just good, solid catches. I think he's a good, solid hands catcher. I don't think he's a good, very physical at the the catch point, like you said, Chev. Mm-hmm. To me, I have him. He's more finesse than physicality. And yeah. that's what I think his game is. Um, his playmaking yards after the catch, I think it could be better, again, was how he was utilized at Ohio state Um, run blocking is okay. My one concern, I know that they don't really look at production a whole lot, but this is wide receiver. You, I mean, look at the the wide receivers that Ohio state has put out. So if you're really an elite top tier prospect, he never broke a thousand yards in four years at Ohio state. So it's just one of those things. Why? Well, you can't, it's it's kind of tough to say it's too many. There's production everywhere. Like, look at Terry McLaurin. We really weren't that high on him when he came out. His production wasn't that much, but when he came into the league, you know, you got guys like that. But then we're talking about somebody else um, tonight. And on top of Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who might be Mm -hmm. better than the both of them. I think you saw in the last game, he's freaking ridiculous on top of a, a tight end that they have who's pretty good as well. So, and Trevion Henderson. So it's like, it's the production they got to split up between everybody so everybody else is happy <laughs> so they don't jump in the transfer portal and then we'd be freaking trash from there so it's kind of like i'd be fine with you that. got you got two muffins in the hand and two donuts in the other like which which ones do i want because i love the both <laughs> i've never heard <laughs> that saying before <laughs> i never want to hear it again <laughs> You know, those quarterbacks, man, they got to be super happy having two buffers in their hands and two donuts on the side, man. I got a sound grab that. <laughs> and now look at this. Now this dude, go ahead, Pork. Go ahead. Take a sip. Now we're just going to drink. Yep. And there it is. Long day for Phil Simmons. All right. So, all right. So, um, okay, great. <laughs> you got me all off kilter here. Um, yeah, that's my job. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, um, so that was Chris Olave. Uh, that being said, I don't hate Chris Olave. There's just a bunch of guys I like better. I don't think he, Pork. Pretty sure you said he, someone was comping him with Devonte Smith. I don't see that. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't see the Devonte Smith comp. I understand the route running part, the explosiveness. Um, he doesn't have that part of his game yet, just yeah. yet. And like we were saying pre-show, I think Chris Olave is a good wide receiver and i think that's what he's going to be at the nfl a good mm-hmm. wide receiver not a world breaker um sean is saying average mock draft pick is 20th according to mock draft database consensus of huge number of mocks by reputable companies was i not supposed to say that last part sean <laughs> no? okay my bad but all right so his adp is 20th is that 20th overall or 20th wide receiver 20th overall there's 20th no way it's wide receiver all right so that's going to be kind of like mid to back end of the second round ish Okay, and I think that's, I think that that's for good sure. for Chris Olave. And if I if I'm drafting there, I'm going to be happy about that. NFL draft, Mike. NFL draft. That's first round, bro. Oh, I wasn't. Okay, sorry, my bad. Well, you Eagles. have to specify that, Sean. 
<laughs> if I'm getting him to pick 20 in the NFL draft, I'm really happy about it. So, okay, let's move on to the next prospect, and that would be another Buckeye, and that is Garrett Wilson. He's a little bit shorter, just one inch shorter, six foot, 188 pounds. He's also 21. This past season, 70 catches, 1,058 yards, 12 touchdowns. He averaged 15.1 yards per reception, and he's also a projected first-round draft pick. So let's switch it up here. Pork, let's start with you on Garrett Wilson. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson, to me, is one of them guys where he's, like, popping on film. And I know the one mistake I made was with Justin Jefferson. The year after, I'm looking at film on uh, Terrace Marshall. I'm like, yo, how the freak did I miss him? Well, I'm not going to miss on this guy, number one, because I watch his games all the time. Um, but this guy, like we, I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of the NFL and college players, they don't really play press coverage too much. But this seems like a guy – who can get in your face and get physical with you and go down the field and get past you and manipulate your hips so where he can get open um, down the field. Um, really, really good on 50-50 balls. I would totally love that. And I think it's just, for me, it's just his full competitiveness. Um, you can see when he gets the ball, even though he's 188 pounds, he plays way heavier than that to where <laughs> you're going to have to stop me to get these yards. And I totally, totally enjoy uh, what this guy does, um, you know, from the point of attack, just from how he just attacks the game um, through screens, um, you know, going down the field. Now, he does a little bit wonky when his route running. He's a little, you know, a little shaky. So it seems like he doesn't know which way he's going, but <laughs> he's confusing the cornerback. So he doesn't know either. So he's getting open down the field and making some really good plays. Uh, he makes Shroud look really good on, you know, uh, those 50-50 balls in the uh in the end zone so for me garrett wilson at this point of my scouting he's my wide receiver one um going back and forth between him and Traylon burks but i think he has that uh he has that it factor um when he gets the ball and he takes the ball and explodes down the field and goes straight up field so that's he's told he's my wide receiver one at this point okay um John saying that his consensus mock draft pick is 13th. That's in the NFL draft, in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> he's most likely being mocked, or the most common place for him is the Browns right now, which sucks because apparently they're not going to have a quarterback next year if you're listening to people talk on Twitter. And then the second would be the Saints. But again, their, their quarterback situation is a little bit in flux too. So right now, as it sits January 4th, I don't love those landing spots. But, you know, hey, we have always been told talent over opportunity, mm -hmm. right? So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Again, it's early. We still have four and a half months. Um, so, Chev, your thoughts on Garrett Wilson? Yeah, I think, honestly, if the Saints are going to be in the market for a QB in the offseason, honestly, not probably not rookie, but they're probably going to try to go find somebody that is a free agent this coming year, I think, is – Hopefully they're playing because I think they have the piece around them. They just got to find a quarterback to actually command the game and actually run the offense. Um, but Garrett Wilson, man. You should it, trade for Jalen Hurts. Everybody should trade for Jalen Hurts. Everybody should trade for him, I guess. <laughs> but Garrett Wilson, man, he, he is incredible. I love his route running. He attacks the cornerback so well, and he leaves them wobbly every time he gets out of his break, man. And I love even even when they're pressing him, He's got a way to press release and get out of that. So mm -hmm. I really am super excited for 
uh, Garrett Wilson, man, I think he's got a bright future with just his route running and his playmaking and just the way he plays, too. I mean, his pass blocking, he knows where to be. He's always in good position. Same with Chris Olave, too. I think Chris Olave is a pretty good blocker as well. So that's probably just the way it is at Ohio State. But you got so many good players. You just, all you got to do is be in position. And that seems like what they're teaching him there. Um, I, I just love the way he plays. He runs hard after catch. He's a slippery guy to tackle. Um, I think he's going to do uh, a lot in the NFL, and he's going to make whoever drafts him very happy. He's going to be a top five pick probably in one QB leagues, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't hate that. Nate, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, these guys have really hit it on the head. Garrett Wilson, man, we talked about his route running, uh, talked about his hands. You know, at the end of the day, he's a, he, he's got an incredible ability to create separation. And at the NFL level, that is – that's huge. I mean, that's what gets you drafted. That's what gets you open in the field. And that's what gets production, being able to separate. Uh, we see lots of guys come in who are great at contested catches, but, you know, if you can't separate the next level, NFL defenders are good. And I think Garrett Wilson has shown us on the film that he is capable of creating separation against NFL-level defenders. You know, he's matched up against some of the best in the Big Ten, and he's he's creating separation. He's getting down the field. He's He's a true three-level threat. You know, he's mm-hmm. good, short, intermediate, and deep. Um, I don't think he does any of those specifically elite, but he does all of them really, really well. And I think he's very pro-ready. He he's plug and play as a wide receiver prospect. Traylon Burks is not my number one wide receiver for this class, but Garrett Same. Wilson's right behind him. And I I would say that Garrett Wilson's probably more pro-ready. He's going to be able to fit into an offense any offense that they need. He can run every single route in the route tree. You can play inside, outside. This guy's ready to get on the NFL field and produce. Um, I think his ability it, that hasn't shown because of the Ohio State wide receiver room we talked about, you know, there's a bunch of production there that they're competing for each other. You know, if this guy was on another team with, uh, say, only two good receivers instead of like five, you know, his stats might be out of this world. So I think Garrett Wilson, I mean, it's pretty consensus to have him in your top two or three, and I think it's going to stay that way. Um, a lot of NFL mocks, I'm seeing him as the first wide receiver off of the board. Um, I've seen him go in the top 10 at NFL mocks. I think Mel Kuyper had him go like, like five or six at one point. I'm not sure if I have him a Jamar Chase-level prospect, but I do think Garrett Wilson, like I said, very pro-ready and a plug-and-play guy. So it's a guy that – we're all going to want because the production's going to be there. He's going to get the chance. He's going to get the volume. And I mean, he's, he's got the ability. Chev, you had something you wanted to add as well. Yeah. I think the one thing that really I saw that I thought was just super amazing was the way he sets up his routes too. Sometimes he'll fake like he's blocking. I mean, you just see the defender absolutely get, juked out of his shoes man it's unreal how he's able to set up his routes and just being able to stop on a dime whenever he wants uh it's it's impressive he's super elusive man i i really love him yeah no you know i I pretty much agree with everything you guys are saying here um nate you really hit the nail on the head where he might be more nfl ready than Traylon Burks. He's also a better blocker than Traylon Burks as well. And we'll talk about Traylon at some point in time. Um, if you are a patron of ours, you heard over the summer, we talked about Brees Hall and Traylon Burks a little bit when we were at the expo. Traylon Burks blocking is just non-existent. Um, 
but yet he does everything well. And I understand why you would still put Traylon over Garrett Wilson because of the ceiling, I think could mm-hmm. potentially be higher. But Garrett, Garrett Wilson is going to be really, really solid, solid NFL receiver. And he's going to be a solid contributor on your fantasy team. And, you know, comparing Traylon to Garrett, Traylon might have some weeks where he's just astronomical and off the charts because of what he can do. But I just think Garrett's going to be like that really steady, the steady Eddie, like double digits every single week. I mean, he's great off the line, super agile, smooth release, gets open, his route running is super crisp, strong hands, he fights for the ball, super physical. He's really fast after the catch, above average run blocker. And I mean, think about it. If, like you said, if he went to anywhere else where there's only two good wide receivers, we're talking he might be the number one consensus prospect coming out. So, you know, I have him, my film score is a seven overall for him, grading him as a pro bowler. And I projected him in the first round. So um, that's my thoughts on Garrett Wilson. Um, All right. So let's see. And a fun fact. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I love fun Uh, facts, by the way. My brother-in-law, his name is Garrett Wilson. Really? 101. That's a, that's a fun fact. <laughs> the one-on-one of brother-in-laws. So in our in our home league, we've made the rule that no one's allowed to draft Garrett Wilson except for Garrett Wilson. Wow. I would trade up ahead of him and, <laughs> and then just, just do it anyway. So yeah, I um, think he has like the second overall pick. So oh, okay. Well, he's good. You're gonna have, <laughs> up really high. So one or two um, overall. There you go. Hey, question for you guys. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? A way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap and navigating player contracts, as well as setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are of value now, but what about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It is time to own your dynasty at dynastyowner.com. Let them know the dynasty rewind sent you by using the code rewind all caps. The link will be in the description. All right. So I guess, yes. Hi. I won my dynasty owner league. Nice. Tell us about it. Champion right here. I, uh, I was going into the playoffs as the, I think the the fourth seed had a rough start to the year, but uh, came on strong at the end. And my man, Joe Burrow, Ooh. oh, just lit it up the past two weeks. Got me the championship. So I started the lineup of Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Damian Harris, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Noah Fant, T Higgins, and, Evan McPherson. I love it. That's beauty. Yeah. That's and beauty. got that dub. Also had Rashad Penny on the bench. Uh, 32 points on the bench. But in Dynasty Owner, you set your bench lineup. So I got 25% of those points as well. So, you you know, it's it helps to have depth on your team. You know, we talk about building the best Dynasty team. And, you know, I you know a lot of us enjoy building the team more than actually playing fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Dynasty owner kind of lets you, you know, do something with that. You have good depth in your bench does well. You get more points and you win. I love it. 
All right. So check out dynastyowner.com. Use that promo code rewind. Let's them know that we sent you over there. So um, let's do a little versus segment here. Um, and this is going to be, you know, Chris Olave versus Garrett Wilson. We're, we're going to do it up here. So, you know, we're going to be just bringing up things like your receiving ability, you know, route running, contested catch, stuff like that. Just how we compare these two players. So, uh, Nate, we are going to start with you. All right. So um, one of the things I want to mention right away when I compare these two players, Chris Olave is listed at 6'1". Garrett Wilson's listed at six foot. If you had switched that, I would have believed it. Because Chris Olave does not play up to his size, while Garrett Wilson plays bigger than his size. I, I really don't like players that don't play up to their size. Because the NFL is such a physical game. If you're not playing up to at least your size then you're already at a disadvantage because the best players out there are playing bigger than themselves. And we see Garrett Wilson do that. He has that contested catch ability. He has that physicality, even though he has the more slender frame, you know, we saw it with Devonte Smith, you know, he's like 160 pounds, you know, the wing could technically knock him over, but he's physical. And Garrett Wilson is physical despite, you know, a, a slender frame while Chris Olave kind of plays like he's, I don't know, five ten, five eleven instead of six foot one. Um, so those are the, that's one of the biggest things when I compare these two players, because I think a lot of the Ohio state wide receivers in that, that wide receiver room are very similar players. Ohio state seems to be recruiting uh, good route runners. You know, who might not have the m- most elite athleticism or the biggest size, but they they're technicians and they get open and they're crafty. You know, we see that with Olave, We see that with Wilson. We see that next year with Jackson Smith and, and Jigba. You know, these are guys that are great at running routes and have good hands. So I think a lot of what Olave and Wilson do are very similar. I have them graded actually pretty similar across a lot of different traits. But I think the big thing that comes and separates them is I think Wilson's a bit of a better athlete. And then it's it's the physicality and the contested catchability. I think that really, really moves Wilson over Olave for me. All right, perfect. And uh, Phil? You're next up. And you're muted. My bad. I'm sorry. The kids were screaming in the background. But, um, <laughs> shut your mouth. But um, I think the biggest thing for me between the two is uh, physicality, uh, yards after the catch, and the 50-50 balls. And I think for me, I have to give Garrett Wilson a nod to that, only because we see it consistently. Um, when When – when Garrett Wilson gets the ball in his hands, like even on a slant in or out route, he, he has that ability to take it to the house every time. So with Chris Olave, it seems though, you know, he catches the ball like if it's something shorter and immediate. I'm not really sure if I'm gonna believe that he's gonna score on that route. Like he'll get you a nice first down or he'll get you, you know, like a good chunk play. But Garrett Wilson to me seems like the the guy that has that dog in him to where he's gonna catch the ball. And he has that mindset where I'm going to score today. So this is Garrett Wilson for me between the two. Um, just but, but pure route running, um, smooth route running, I give that nod to Alave. But, you know, that aggressive route running for Wilson, uh, I like that too. So that gets them open and make, make guys look silly. All right. All right. So uh, Phil is going with uh, Garrett Wilson as well. Chev, how about yourself? I don't know if I could agree with the route running bit. I think Garrett Wilson is elite with his route running, buddy. I see so much of Justin Jefferson and his ability to just get open and find the spots where the 
the defenders or not, he's working his way into those holes of the defense. And I think Garrett Wilson is definitely a huge prospect. I'm going with Chris a lot. No, I was kidding, Sean. I'm not going to mess with your graphics. But uh, Garrett Wilson, to me, is just he's just an elite player, man. I think he can do it all. I love the way he can stop on a dime and he can juke people out of their shoes. And also he can win phys- physically as well. I mean, there's plenty of times where I see him kind of wrapped up and he spins right out of it and he continues to play on. And I don't see that with Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave might be a better player that's going to be uh, taking the top off the defense. I think Garrett Wilson's going to be better kind of in the middle. Um, but Garrett Wilson's more than capable, in my opinion, to taking the top off the defense as well. I just see Chris Olave kind of having that role more in the NFL than what Garrett Wilson is. I can see Garrett Wilson moving into the slot and just being an absolute terror in the middle of the field. All right, so Chev is taking Garrett Wilson in this one too. Pork, I got a, I got a question before I, I talk here. Does Chris Olave, does he play special teams? Like, does he do any kick or punt returning? I forgot to look that up. I don't think so. Okay. I think uh, early on he did. He did a lot of uh, special teams early on as a freshman. I think as a sophomore, he does a lot ton of film with him uh, blocking kicks, and I think he did some punt returns as well. It looks like uh, Chris Olave over – the, his career has had three punt returns and one kickoff return. Okay. Yeah. Maybe something he might want to work on. And here's why. I think he's, he's like I said before, he's a good wide receiver. But it's one of the – you heard the song, anything you can do, I can do better. That's what Garrett Wilson would say to Chris Olave pretty much. He's faster. He's more physical. I think I agree with Chev. He is much, much better of a route runner than Chris Olave. I love his burst off the line for me and the way he gets behind defensive backs consistently. Like I said before, he is my wide receiver too right now, right after Traylon Burks. He fights for the ball, super physical. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. Like I really don't have much to add after what all these guys said, but it's just everything Chris Olave does. Garrett Wilson just does a little bit better. I want to say this, though. Chris Olave is not a bad football player. I know it sounds no, like we're, we're, we're kind of bashing him, not real hard, but we're saying stuff that Garrett Wilson is just a better football player in our eyes. Chris Olave is a heck of a player. I just want people to understand that when they're listening to this because I can easily see we're, we're saying all the right things for Garrett Wilson. <laughs> and we're trying to compare him to Chris Olave. So do not sleep on Chris Olave. He is – I promise you a good football player that you're going to want to have on your fantasy teams. Okay. Yes. I mean, see, I think, I think we're, we're just saying that Garrett Wilson has a much higher ceiling and he's got, he's got better traits. I think, you know, he's got the inside outside ability. I think Chris Olave at the next level. I mean, I could see him playing a little bit of the Z, but I think mostly he's going to be a slot receiver. Um, You know, if, if I told you Chris Olave had a Jarvis Landry's career, you wouldn't be surprised. No, he's he's that good of a prospect. You know, he I'm could be with Jarvis Landry. Yeah. You know, but Garrett Wilson. You know, Chev said. You know, he sees a little bit of Justin Jefferson. In him. You know, we've we've men- mentioned a little bit of the physicality that you know Devontae Smith had, despite the slender frame. You know, Garrett Wilson just has, you know, th- those bigger names attached to his you know prospect profile. While Chris Olave, you know, we we kind of know who he is and what he is. Mm. While Garrett Wilson, you know, there's a lot that he could become. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, yeah. 
you know, it's one of those things you can't get Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave is a great consolation prize. And there's going to be other fantastic wide receivers and running backs and tight ends and quarterbacks that are going to be good consolation prizes as well. Make sure you stay tuned. Hey, tell a friend, refer a friend. You will get absolutely nothing except my admiration for that. That is well worth it. So we're going to move on to our last segment of the show. And that is what we learned in 2021. So, um, Sean, since you're backstage, uh, the order that it's in on the sheet, is that the order that we are going in? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Thanks. So, um, <laughs> all right, so what we learned in 2021, I guess I will be kicking it off. What I learned is that late round rookie running backs matter in Dynasty. I'm going to give you three examples right now. Uh, the first one is Elijah Mitchell was extremely productive, and had he not missed time, he would have ran for well over a 1,000 yards already, missed a couple games. Um, early on in the season, he wasn't playing as much. Khalil Herbert was extremely relevant for a few games, and I do think that he actually becomes maybe a bigger part of that offense next year. Hopefully they get a competent head coach for Shevin Nooney's sake because I know uh, Swaggy Nahili, he's, he's praying up for it. And that, you know, another guy, uh, Jarrett Patterson, we're talking like a fifth round rookie draft pick might have been a UDFA in your, you know, in your leagues. But look at last week um, against Philadelphia, 12 carries, 57 yards and one touchdown. He had five catches for 41 yards. So this is a guy that there's a possibility you pulled him off your taxi squad. If you had shallow benches, maybe you even plucked him off the waiver wire, could have plucked him off the wire in a redraft league as well. That's that's good production right there. So I understand, I understand a hundred percent that you're going to hear people preaching draft capital matters, landing spot matters, and it absolutely does, but you need to know who these guys are before you plug them into your lineup. If you didn't know who Cleo Herbert was and you pick Zach Pascal up instead, you're probably really pissed off at yourself for doing that. I can guarantee it. If at that point in time you didn't pick up Elijah Mitchell, but you thought maybe Savannah Med would be doing something in Miami, you were going <laughs> to be regretting it. So make sure you stay tuned. Watch those rookie running backs. And we'll, we'll make sure that you know what's up. So, um, Nate, let's move on to you. And I see what you got written down here. I'm a little curious. So please explain. Yeah. So... I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I, I saw it on Twitter earlier. I think about like 40-something, 40 40-something 40 quarterbacks started a game this year. You know, probably even more than that. It might be 50, actually. I mean, there was a lot of quarterback injuries this year. We had a lot of quarterbacks planned. And, you know, you know part of that's COVID. But I, I think we're just seeing a vast variety of quarterback performances. And not – that many teams anymore really have their face of the franchise quarterback. So what I learned this year is and I used to go into every super flex draft. Like I got to get three good starters and then maybe a fourth, like high level backup, you know, um, and I, I want to lean on that quarterback depth because they score the most points and I have a super flex spot so I can play too. And as the season went on, there's so many quarterbacks I could have picked up off waivers and so many quarterbacks I did pick off waivers. I won a round of my playoffs with Josh Johnson and Nick Foles. Ooh, <laughs> that's beautiful. I mean, I won a playoff game with those guys. And 
you know, I, I don't think at this point, and, and on the other side, I mean, I got Jared Goff. You know, Jared Goff's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but there's a couple of games Jared Goff gives me like two, five, six points. And I mean, we see some other players play terribly, um, you know, and then we have some guys that, you know, like Joe Burrow goes off for like 40 points. I think we're just seeing where, you know, if you have three or four quarterbacks, I think you're just wasting your time with that. Like in your startup draft, you might as well be grabbing some running backs or some wide receivers that would go around that same spot with the high value of quarterbacks. Because once you have two quarterbacks that are good, you don't need any more. Because if, if you have a bye week, you throw in a high level fl- level flex there, or you pick up someone off waiver wires, because as we saw this year, there's tons of quarterbacks. And then, you know, if you get an injury, you just, you know, got to spend all your fab on that backup or, you know, trade, you can, you can trade for quarterbacks pretty easily in super flex leagues. I think these days, um, I found that in some of the leagues where either I had three or four quarterbacks or someone else, I mean, I had, there's one league we're in, I'm in that like, this one guy has like Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, and an, another good starting quarterback. He had four good starting quarterbacks. He, he couldn't trade them. No one would take them. No one was going to pay the premium. So he was stuck with two good quarterbacks sitting on his bench that entire season. Yeah. And I, I, just, oh, I just don't think the value of depth is there anymore. I think it's very important to have two good quarterbacks because as we saw this year, if you don't have, you know, the top consistent guys, it gets rough. It gets rough at quarterback because we're, we're seeing guys just fail, fail miserably. So I think there's, you know, getting your starter and, you know, a high level two, if that's what your, you know, your, your strategy is, is important. But I, I don't think the depth of the quarterback position is as valuable as I think we thought it was over the past season or two. Yeah. I like that. You know, it's one of those things where you got, I know just to, to add on this, you got a guy who's like, I'm going to hoard these quarterbacks and get a ransom for them. And you know what? The rest of the league goes, fuck you are. You're not. <laughs> it happens all the time like that. Because then there's the a guy that's like, I'm going to, I'll start Josh Johnson and Nick Foles and win a playoff game. Yeah. I mean, I started what? Trevor Simeon for like six times yeah. this year. I started Jake Fromm once. Ew. I mean, that all probably right, didn't go too well. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually got me negative points. It was one I of those things. I had Tyler Huntley everywhere because I like Tyler Huntley a lot coming out of Utah. Yeah, yeah and that's so I had I had Tyler Huntley like on half of my taxi squads at least. And that's and good. when Lamar Jackson got hurt, I immediately spent a ton of fab on Tyler Huntley because I love Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe they let Trace McSorley go. Tyler Huntley <laughs> scored me a bunch of points. Yeah. All right, so Nate's not so worried about quarterback depth anymore, and you know that some people might think that's hot takey, but I actually don't hate it at all. Um, Chef, what do you got for us? What did you learn from this past season? Yeah, by the way, Trace McSorley looks really good in a Cardinals uniform. He's making a lot of swag entries into that offense, so that's huge. But we're going to move on from that. I I learned I am no longer going after those big wide receivers, those tall 50-50 ball wide receivers. I'm done. I can't do it no more. DK, Corliss Sutton. I mean, they're great if they're scoring touchdowns. It's it's amazing. It's fun. But if they're not making those big plays, you're looking at five points. If their quarterback goes down, you're looking at maybe less than that. You're looking at the targets going down. But if you have those wide receivers that are target hogs and they play short to the line and they get those receptions, those guys aren't going away. Those guys are going to mm-hmm. continue to get the football. And I don't have – 
a lot of Cortland Sutton. I traded him away. I have some DK. I have some bigger wide receivers. But I'm learning from that. And I'm learning from other people's mistakes going forward because I see how much success these smaller wide receivers that are getting these targets are – how much value they bring into fantasy. If you have them on your team, they're almost as valuable as a high-end running back one. I mean, it's the same thing. One one point per reception, boys and girls. It don't matter if they score a touchdown or not. You're probably looking at 15 to 18 points. So I'm I'm sticking with those smaller wide receivers that are target ho- target hogs for the offense, and I'm staying away from all those big body wide receivers coming into the NFL. Did you turn around? Because I could have sworn that there was a window behind you with the fan. No, what are you talking about? Oh no, I did. I did move my computer. <laughs> I did oh, move my did. computer. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my battery was about to die somehow. It, it went from twenty five to four as fast as possible. Oh. So yeah, sorry about that. No, I was. Just, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't hallucinating <laughs> or something like that. I'm not that tired. So, so, so Chev, are, does that mean that are you going to pick Garrett Wilson over Traylon Burks? Are you- boys? I kind of fell in love like I did with Justin Jefferson <laughs> watching okay. my, my guy Garrett Wilson. And, you know, I do have the first pick yeah. in our Dynasty Rewind draft, I believe. So, Mike, you might get some Burke action. We'll see. I'm completely fine with Trey. <laughs> if Traylon Burks is my consolation prize, you completely fine with that as well. So, um, Chev, I, I like it. I can't say I disagree with it. Honestly, it's another good philosophy to apply. You know, it's I understand people see these big athletic specimens like this guy's gonna smash and look, DK falling off a little bit this year. Seattle has also not looked like its normal self. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him next year. Um, and uh Phil, I guess you're up next. What do you have? What did you hey, learn from twenty twenty one? What? I've learned that just just don't trade the trade. And there's some people that can just send you some trades and they just be like you know what? I'll do it. And I got so happy this year. I'll just be completely transparent. Tyson Williams, I loved the way he played. And I gave up a second round pick for him. And then the next week he was inactive. And Same. I should have just listened to Harbaugh saying that he's not going to play. And I was like, there's no way possible that he's not going to play. And then, boom, you get freaking Le'Veon Bell. You get Latavius Murray. You get Devontae Freeman. And then, boom, he's gone. Pork, I so, gave up the 201 for Tyson Williams. And I knew it was I, the 201 because it was by far the worst team. And I was like, you know what? The 201's worth Tyson because he's going to be the bell cow. Exactly. And he should have been. But we he also got to listen. But you got to listen to what the coach is saying. But, you know, we're smarter than everybody else. We're like, whatever. We'll just. Give him you could take take my money here. He's good. But on, on top of just don't trade the trade, but also listening to coach speak for certain coaches. Some coaches that are lie, but like some guys like Harbaugh, he's gonna tell you the truth and what the way it is. But if somebody sends you a trade, even if it's something that you might like, sit on it, think about it for a little bit. Just don't like, hey, this is a good trade, I'm gonna go for it. Evaluate it. It could be good. It could be bad. But, you know, sometimes Mike say you always don't have to win a trade. Just know what type of value that you might have, especially if you're rebuilding and move forward for the next year. I'm not trying to make fun of you because uh, I know I always, always talk about your son's a dynasty team. But you have value. Your team, 
your whole team might not be good, but you have but you have some players on your team that have really good value because you know we scouted good and you drafted good, and I always give you props on that. But you're just a couple years away. Yeah, but after a couple trades from you know the draft pick that you have, you can go from pretender to a contender. But let's don't. Go no, what are you saying, Shaw? No, finish up. No, I'm saying, but just don't, you know, just I, I, all I want to say, just, just, just don't trade the trade because sometimes, like we say, it's a good trade, and sometimes it just could be just a, a horrible trade. And you look back and you say, what the F was I thinking? Yeah, and I think, it, Mike, I mean, we're talking about maybe having to rebuild. I think it's a good topic to bring up now because we're about to get into draft talk. How do you guys like to rebuild? For me, I want to get my wide receiver room ready to go. Running backs, I feel like if I get them early, I'm kind of wasting their talent. The three years I have are the two years I may have them. I might not be ready for that third year. But with wide Mm -hmm. receivers, we see them grow like fine wine, man. I mean, they just grow up and start producing uh, right when you get into that end of the rebuild. And I think for me, that's the way to go. I think that's the way I've had the most success doing that. I was just curious how maybe you guys rebuild or how that looks for you guys. Yeah, so, like um, for me, I have draft. Like if you have a tons of draft capital, I'd rather draft running backs and pay for receivers because those yeah. those those running backs, you know, the shelf life for them can go from from here to there. Like guys like Zeke, he was good like three years ago. Now it's just like he's terrible. Uh, other like guys RB like Derrick Henry. Yeah, we say he was like RB five or six in the season though. Which doesn't make sense because it's weird, but you're looking at the games and he's his knee is jacked up and Pollard clearly looks better than him. But that's that's what I like to do. So I'll let you talk, Nate. Yeah, um, I think if you're a rebuilder, you really have to take advantage of the teams looking to contend. Um, I, I, I think we've, we've talked about it a couple weeks ago, at least maybe a couple months ago, about like how to rebuild. And, you know, we talked about, I mean, you can trade with other teams that are rebuilt. You know, you don't have to limit yourself to only trying to trade with the contenders. But mm-hmm. you, can, you can get r- great value when you're trading with contenders if you're looking a year into next season. And I was actually going through some of my teams today because, you know, end of the season stuff. And I was going through some of my teams. And I, I was going through the hometown Zeros team. Uh, that I'm in a league with Mike. And in that league, you know, I drafted what I thought was a pretty good team. I was looking forward to a good contending run. And then halfway through the season, I was like second, third to last. And I had to do something. You know, I wasn't just going to sit there and do nothing because, you know, I had some guys on my team that I knew were not going to be as valuable next year as they were this year. And I'm already done for this season. So I was looking back at some of my players and I saw a trade that I made that I actually forgot I made. Uh, back in November, before Clyde got hurt, I traded Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and James Robinson for J.K. Dobbins and a first-round pick in 2022. Mm-hmm. Like and, you know, I would say, like, November 22nd when that trade was made, it's a pretty even trade, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, it definitely helped the other guy. You know, J.K. Dobbins ain't doing anything. First-round pick's not doing anything for him that season. But James Robinson... You know, he's got a ton of volume. He's a good running back. You know, when the Jaguars actually used him, he was producing. And Clyde had had some big games, and, you know, he he wasn't hurt yet. So 
Um, you know, looking, you know, at that, I knew that Clyde, I like Clyde. So, I mean, I, I, I think Clyde still has some future, but I knew that James Robinson wasn't going to be nearly as valuable next year as he was this year. So I got to move off of him. If I was offered, you know, you, you can't always win the trade. You know, I think James Robinson is a first round pick. I mean, worth a first round pick halfway through the season. Right. But if someone had offered me two seconds, I know he's not worth necessarily two seconds next year with Travis Etienne back. Mm-hmm. So you take that trade, make it look like a loss in the moment. But if you're looking towards next year already, you know, you're looking mm-hmm. at that value. And, you know, if you get 222 seconds in a super flex league, you got some pretty decent picks to replace James Robinson with, especially if you need depth. So I think when you're rebuilding and you're trying to trade, you can't focus on like those Twitter polls with like who won this trade in a vacuum. You got to look at where's the value going to be next year? Cause there's players like, heck, I mean, you have Adam Thielen, for example, guy just produces and, and say you want a first round pick for him at the beginning of the season. No one wants to give it to him, give it to him because he's old. You know, I, I don't blame him. I, w- I don't really want to throw a first round pick for Adam Thielen at the beginning of the season, but he's probably worth it. But if someone offered me two seconds, probably going to take that because I don't know if Adam Thielen's worth two seconds next year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking into next year, he's, com- he's going to be coming off an injury. He's another year old. He's going to be like 32. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, I might not be able to sell Adam Thielen for two seconds next year, but if I did it already, then that's all that matters. True. Good point. A um, couple just real, real quick hits here. Um, it's okay to leave a league if you're not having fun. Remember to pay your league fees. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. if commissioners like me make sure you collect your league fees, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you do not have to accept any trade you don't want. And the most important thing to remember, and this is not just from 2021, but this is always the NFL does not care about your fantasy team. We cannot manifest the NFL to do what we want, it is up to us to react to what the NFL is doing and adjust properly. That is the most important thing. Yeah. What what do you possibly want now holding up your stupid finger? Just because that last one, Nick Chubb only having six touches in the first half yesterday was egregious. I'm glad to so, see yeah, that. F you, Cleveland Browns. So apparently he had a rib injury. He suffered no, a rib no, injury. It's not wrong with his ribs. Get in the freaking game. <laughs> hey, dog. he lost me a championship. I'm just as mad as you, but I'm you know, when you go full chubb the whole season, you get half a chubb the end, you know. Sometimes right. you just gotta take a rib injury. All day. Well, listen, I'm glad to see the Browns are back to their typical status quo. Um, I'm sure a lot of people aren't, but I really don't give a shit. I'm not a Browns fan. So um, after I just cursed, I'm going to hand it over to Chev. Chev, you got a verse for us today, my friend. Yeah, man, I got one for us. It's going to be in Matthew 5, 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I mean, there's always somebody watching you. There's there's people that look up to you. There's people that maybe want to see you fall. But as long as you're shining your light, you're doing good deeds, you're living your life to benefit other people as well, I think that goes a long way, especially for maybe kids that look up to you. Like They need role models at this point in their lives. I mean, they need people to look up to and people to lean on to see okay, that's how I'm supposed to act when I grow up. That's how I'm supposed to uh, act in these certain situations. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts this last week almost has a barricade fall on top of him. I know it's a very awkward situation. You probably don't know what to do at that point, but he embraced those fans, which could have been scary, but he embraced it with love and with care, 
and made they sure they were okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, they, the team with no name. Okay, but anyways, he 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 showed love to him. Then you look at Antonio Brown, who I'm not exactly wow. sure what happened, but the way he handled the situation was probably not the best way to do so. Kind of showing up your team, showing up for everybody around you, not acting like you care. Uh, so that's kind of an example that I saw this week that kind of goes with this about letting your light shine. You, op- you get the opportunity to let it shine bright or you get the chance to let it fizzle out. So that's my verse for the week, and I hope you guys all have a great New Year's, man. It's going to be a good one. I got a feeling. I do too. Chef, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, this New Year is going to be fire, as Pork <laughs> likes to say. Um, yes, just make sure you stay tuned here. We're going to get you – we're going to get you through all your rookie drafts, all your startup drafts. Definitely going to help you out. Make sure you head on over to our YouTube channel and don't forget to go in Bob Van Duzer's DMs and stroke his massive ego talking about how great that YouTube channel is. He loves to hear all about it. So until next time, everyone, be kind. Please rewind. Thank rewind. I can't even talk. Be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Take me out of here, Sean. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind, please rewind.